When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys. Hi friends. That was so weird. <laughs> it just gets weirder. It's like when you're talking and the words aren't words anymore. They're just sounds. Also, something happens with my noise-canceling headphones where I like start to slur my words. Does that happen to you? It's really yes, weird. Yes, professionally what you do is you just keep one off. Yes, I understand. Thank you for explaining <laughs> what professionals do as someone who is a professional. Thank you. Just take one off. God, you are such a jerk sometimes. Can you imagine if I was like, professionally, um, you shouldn't tell Kristen Bell who you know that she's dated. Okay? <laughs> professionally, that's not what you do. I know, but you did you see the face I made when I said it? I said professionally. Does that make it better? Yes, because I'm joking. Oh, I'm like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. Anyway. Otherwise, I've just been like, listen, Ashley, professionally, I would take it off. But I was like, professional. I was giving you the eye. The quotation eye. Yeah, I was like, professional. Anyway, guys, you don't need to hear Ashley and I fighting. We have a great show. No, we're authentic. We'll show our arguments. We've got a great show today. First up, Bridget Garsh of the Working Mother Podcast and Neighbor Schools. Then we're talking about this incredible article from The Atlantic called Parents Are Not Okay. And I have to tell you, Carrie sent this to me yesterday morning and uh, that shit hit hard. It hit hard, ladies and gentlemen. So be prepared. As always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next. Oh. Take it, child. The tits and the shits. So my my tits and my shits. So listen, I don't want to dwell on shit. I am not okay. This is why this Atlantic article really hit me. I'm not okay. I cry every day. I am going through a hard time and I know it is not just me. I know that all of us are on the struggle bus right now about life and what's happening in the world. These thoughts and these fears are valid. We now have no choice but in-person school. Virtual school is not an option even though we know our kids are being affected more this time around than they were last time. So all I can do as a parent is try, I can't control the entire situation. The best thing I can do is send my child off to school as safely as possible. So I have done a lot of research online, but you know, I also know that that statement is a very uh, loaded statement. Listen, there are people online who say you should take horse dewormers to cure COVID or avoid COVID. And obviously that shit ain't right. So... (laughs) When I say I did my research, take that as you will. But I found a man who is an expert. I have reached out to him on every platform. I want a soundbite for you to say, you know that shit ain't right. I want to just have that as a soundbite. I'll just record it for you. It's yours. Great. Thank you. Listen, I am not a scientist. I don't pretend to be a scientist. But this man studies the way that aerosols travel and all this other stuff. So he seems very well suited to be a 
mask expert. He has been quoted in many legitimate articles. And uh, this is how I found him. He has a YouTube page. His name is Aaron Collins. On social media, he is at Mask Nerd. Guys, I am trying. I've reached out to him on every social media platform I possibly can to try and get him on the show. So uh, hopefully we can get him. But he has a Google list of all these different things of, of masks for your children. I ended up finding this mask. He explains that basically in America, although we test our masks, these N95 masks, the KN95 masks, we don't have a regulatory system. And that means that anyone can say that they're this kind of mask, essentially, which is why you can go on Amazon and buy a K95 mask that may not actually be a K95 mask. It just looks like it, whatever. In Korea, however, they have a regulatory system along with the tested system. And one of the types of masks that are very effective is a mask called a KF94 mask. They're those like 3D ones that have like a flat thing and then a pocket on the top and in the bottom. I'm not explaining it well, but Google KF94 and you'll get what it I'm saying. It looks like a little box yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah, they are very effective in terms of the amount of that comes out. They're distanced from your nose and your mouth. It makes breathing so much easier. I bought one of the recommended masks. I thought I was buying it from a place in Korea. I ended up seeing that there's actually a storefront about 20 minutes from where I live. I think it might be the only one in the U.S. I just lucked out. So I went there yesterday. I spent about $200 on masks for my child. And I have to tell you, I mean, listen, parenting is uncertain in every way, right? Like I was talking to my mom yesterday and she's like, we can only control so much. And I was like, I understand that. But like we do everything in our power to not have our kids molested and not have our kids kidnapped and not have our kids murdered and all these other things. Why is this the thing where we just resign and say we can only do so much? And she was like, but you can just like you can only do so much in those other scenarios. And she has a point, you know, but taking this step made me feel so much better. Even if it's just the best I can do, it's the best I can do. So anyway, the mask store is called Be Healthy. I think it's BeHealthyUS.com. Check them out. Feel free to DM me. I will send you the link to the exact mask that I got. If it makes you feel any better, it fits Sebastian's face. It is just highly recommended. So that's my tits. My shits are, afterwards, we were running errands. I had to return something. And there's this, the biggest mall in the country, the American dream in the Meadowlands of New Jersey. I get a panic attack just looking at it from the highway. Well, because we also have like so much, as New Jerseyans who have lived right near it, remember it was originally Xanadu. It has been like 20 years in the making, this whole process. But anyway. I'm surprised I'm not singing Xanadu right now that you just said I am that. too. I am too. I think I hit you hard with my, uh, my parenting feelings. So we went to this place because I needed to make a quick return, which this is not a place you go to to go to one store. It is like a, a ginormous venture. At first, I was like, oh, God, being in a mall, doesn't this feel good? And then I slowly started to look around, and I was like, wow, look at all these people. No bueno. No bueno. Wow. Look at all these people without masks on. Wow. The panic attack that I started to have realizing I was in there with my child and that we were all in this enclosed space. Firstly, I rarely eat out. If I do, whether I'm with my kid or not, it's outdoors. I don't travel. I don't do, I do everything I fucking can. So to find myself in this situation and be like, wow, I didn't think this one fucking out was so upsetting. Then I started to think, for some reason, something happened where I started to think about how I wanted my child to go to, oh, my dad was saying, you know, they have an indoor beach in here and they have a skiing slope and they have like all this stuff in here. We, why would you ever do any of those things? I, I, I don't know, but. Go ski outside. They have the, right. They have the Nickelodeon theme park. They have like all this stuff in there. It's like my worst nightmare. At first I would get lost. I would need like maps, parking. I, all of it sounds like the worst. It, it, it is. It is. Just long story short. Oh, 
Oh, this is what it was. My dad goes, there's a movie theater up there. And Sebastian goes, Mama, there's a movie theater up there. And I just thought, oh my God, my child doesn't even know what it is to go to a movie. My kid doesn't either. He doesn't even know what it is to go to a movie theater. Really, he doesn't know. Anyone who has a child in the same age as you and I, our kids don't fucking know what it is to live a normal life. And that is so sad. I feel like my child's life is being robbed. I feel out of control. I feel angry. I feel resentful. I resent all these people who just won't do the right thing. And I'm sorry I'm emotional, but I just can't. I am done. I am done. Something that makes me feel better that I remind myself, in a simpler time, people were not going places. You know, like in olden times, people were not going places because it was hard to go to places. Yeah. And they were spending a lot of time with their family and they were making their own fun and doing their own things with their family. Yeah. And what is good about our kids not knowing movies is they're not missing them. Yeah. And so it's sort of like, in a way, we're raising our kids in olden times where it's kind of an insular thing with our family and our memories, the things that we do are like other stuff. It's why I'm investing so much in crafts with Luna right now. Like we're motherfucking crafting shit every single day because I want her to remember this time as like we were doing fun things at home together. She doesn't know a movie, so she's not missing it. So that's, and your kid doesn't either. So that is good. You know, I, I do really feel for kids older than our kids that this is like a huge difference. Like there is something kind of nice about our kids having not really known so they're not missing it. You know, the other thing is we are very lucky because our immediate and extended families are pretty close. Yeah. And so it is like olden times. Like we are spending time with the people that really matter in our world and trying to make real connections and real experiences for our kids with those people. And I mean, I think we would have done it anyway, but we're doing it even more now. And I really firmly believe, and this will be my tits, maybe, we'll just segue in, um, is that my kid has such a strong relationship with my mother and she had a strong relationship with my grandmother. And my kid would not be seeing my mom quite as much as she's seeing her right now if it wasn't for the pandemic. We still see my mom a lot, but it's extra because our other options of things to do are limited. And I'm so thankful for that for my mother and for my kid. And I see how my kid is enriched by hanging out with her family and hanging out with her grandmother and hanging out with all these people. And it makes me so happy for everyone involved that for two years, my kid could really be involved with her family. And she's with my mom right now and they're having a grand old time and seeing how happy that makes my mom, seeing how happy that makes Luna, that makes me incredibly happy. And that's what I'm trying to focus on because I am also overwhelmed with all the fears. I'm on edge. I mean, I have an appointment for a medical marijuana card, guys, because my anxiety is through the roof. I just buy mine illegally. Well, that was recommended to me by my doctor to do this because I'm freaking overwhelmed with thinking about my kid going to school. I'm equally excited, yet I'm not allowing myself to be excited because I'm like- How can you? It's hard. I'm not even excited for the meantime. I'm excited because my kid's excited and because I really like these teachers and going, I can't remember if I talked about this, but when I we went to go to the school that we're sending her, I said I was really concerned 
concerned less with the education because she's a smart kid and she'll learn, but more that I thought my kid was kind of a dick and I was worried that she wasn't going to know how to behave. And the teacher said the most beautiful thing. She was like, listen, we cannot teach children excitement. We cannot teach children curiosity. We cannot teach children bravery. What we can do is take all that bravery, all that energy, all that excitement for learning and harness it and direct it in a way that is, I don't want to say polite because they didn't say polite, but it is more disciplined, right? right? And she's like, we don't need any more polite women. And I was like, yes. I was like, she's in the right place. And this is the best place for my daughter that they're excited about the stuff that I'm concerned about. So I'm excited for that. But you know, the shits are all of it. The shits are that every time my kid gets a cold, I got to get her a COVID test and, and that she's a champ and didn't even cry. I was just like, okay, cool. And that really the shits are that my mood and yours as well, and I'm not calling you out. You have said it to me. Anything little thing sets us off. Oh, 100%. We are so on the edge. 100%. That any little thing sets us off. Yep. And I'm tired of feeling like my cup is one drop till overflow. I really just, I feel like that. I didn't realize how long this thing with my parents moving and them changing their lives has been. You know, I have that going on, which they finally closed on selling their house. It has just been so much. And and I feel like all of us feel like that. And we are just doing the best that we can. And it is just so Also, I didn't even mention that I'm convinced I almost got, my son and I almost got human trafficked two days ago. That's like a whole other fucking story. And I can't even tell you, you know, I don't even want to tell the story because I don't know if I'm just so close to losing my fucking mind that a man just looked No, you did seem to be human trafficked. You did. That seemed pretty. I almost feel like one of those like mentally unstable people that's like fucking dare me on the street. Dare me. See what happens. Think crazily, so many of us are like that. Yeah, like I just want to unleash on somebody. Which is makes me scared to just be out in the world. Oh, then I'm totally. Like, you accidentally run someone off, they're going to like shoot you or whatever. Right. I don't even know where my head is. And it's, we're all just trying to get through. And I think all of us are processing stress in different ways. Like Matt is so stressed out, but his is like a completely different kind of stress that yesterday he was like, he saw me come back with two huge grocery bags, like plastic bags of masks. And he was like, so so how much did you spend? And I was like, well, we're not paying a tuition and uh, medical bills would be more expensive. And he was like, fair enough. And I said, yep. And also I want to apologize because my joke wasn't taken well in the beginning and I think it threw you off. Oh, please don't. L- look, here's the other thing. You and I are two sensitive creatures and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that in a bad way. We're allowed to be sensitive and we're allowed to have our feelings. You know, when you have two sensitive, artistic, creative types who love each other, shit just happens. That's Remember true. Jack? Jacqueline said we were gonna get in a big fight after the the Paw Patrol thing. I was like in a tizzy, and after two days, I was like, "Oh, okay, this was it. This was what Jacqueline what thought, was yeah. telling me about." And then I was like, "All right, moving on, moving on now." Anyway, anyway, we love each other. You look like Princess Leia again with those earphones on. Who? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Next up, guys, amazing Bridget Garsh. You don't want to miss it. Our next guest is the host of the Work Like a Mother podcast, COO and co-founder of Neighbor Schools and Mom of Two. Please welcome 
Bridget Garsh. Hi, Bridget. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Already off to a less chaotic start than when we recorded on your podcast, which good <laughs> for us. Mostly me because it was I was the one having a real hard time. You know, I I think of you often with every poop like scenario that I've had. <laughs> oh my you god, what an honor. honor! I feel like you were so cool, calm, collected. I was like, all right, channel, channel the good vibes. <gasps> Oh my God. Firstly, I'm always honored when people think of me in a pooping scenario. Secondly, I can't believe you thought I was cool, calm, and collected because I was like, my life is a mess. How embarrassing. So thank you for that plethora of compliments. Ashley has threatened that if she dies before me, she will come back as a ghost and only haunt me when I'm on the toilet, which I'm excited about. That's (laughs) the best time to be haunted. Yes, exactly. I'll just sit on the edge of the bathtub and be like, so what's up? How's it going? How was your day? Oh my God, can we do that now? That would be amazing. I mean, we basically do, just via FaceTime. Anyway, let's get right down to business. This is not about us. This is our favorite question. So what you got? Kid-wise, what's your breakdown? So I have two. I have Hudson. He will be four in November. And I have Brooks, who just turned 16 months. Wow. Whoa, you were in the thick of it. Hudson is such a good name. We almost named Sebastian Hudson. It was like the very close runner-up. I feel like the name Hudson and Brooks, they're already going to be wealthy. Yes. I feel like (laughs) it is a name that then is definitely a college-educated person. Yes. And they're successful. And so I feel like those are good names just to like slay. Yes. Well, I feel like they walk the line of being fun when they're young. Like he's Huddy and he's Brooksy. So those are like cute Mm -hmm. and cuddly and warm. But then as they get older, they work. Right? Like they, yeah, right. They're going to stick with them and, and be confident names as well. Yeah, they could be bankers or they could be like creatives with those names. It could go either way. Let's see. Well, who knows what will happen? That, right. Hudson's name is funny though, because when we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl, we kept it a surprise actually for both. And we wanted a name with an H because my mom passed away when I was in my late 20s and her maiden name was Howard, but my father-in-law's name is Howard. So Howard was off the table, but we wanted an H name and we were like really on the fence about a few of them. And then when I was in labor, it's a whole nother story, but we ended up taking an ambulance to the hospital. Everything was fine. There was like a piece of the IV, you know, the IV like packaging that fell on the floor and it was Hudson Medical Supply. And we were like, mom, like, is this, (sighs) this is something. Is this your vote of confidence, like in this name? And so sort of sealed the deal. We thought, great. I love that. I love that. You know, I have to say, I am one of those people that buys a gift for a holiday ahead of time and then just gives it to the person because I have zero patience. I I can't imagine waiting to find out if my kid is a boy or a girl. I can't even, I bought Ashley a birthday present a month ago and it's shocking that I haven't given it to her already or told her. That's how bad I am at this, but I'm always so envious of people that have the ability to wait. We were definitely in the minority for sure. Almost everyone like in our birth class, everybody we knew. I think we have to do a poll when this episode comes out and ask our audience, did they know or did they not know? And let's just see what the statistics are. I'm fascinated about that. Okay, so tell us about the podcast. Give anyone who hasn't listened to it an idea of what it's about and tell us what inspired you to start it. Where to begin? So work like a mother. When I had 
Hudson and I was on maternity leave. He was a November baby. So it was winter time. I was alone a lot. I was totally shocked, to be honest, about how you go from being this person out in the world and all of a sudden the next day you're pretty much alone with this human who's dependent upon you. And it was yep. really, really hard. The second time around with Brooks, I thought, okay, I've learned from the past. I've learned from that challenging experience with Hudson. I survived. I made it through. This time it's going to be easier. Fast forward to having a baby in a pandemic, going back to work remotely and realizing, I don't know if it ever gets easier. Like it's different and you have some more tools in your toolkit, but it does doesn't necessarily get easier. And the thing that kept me in it the first time and kept me going was being surrounded by an incredible group of working moms. And so the second time, I didn't even have that. I didn't even have that camaraderie in the office or that group to come over and visit us, right? And check in and spend time with. And so Work Like a Mother really came from the idea of let's show it all. Let's showcase these stories, the ups, the downs, the the goods, the bads, all of it, because it just makes you feel less alone and makes you feel like while you're in it, there are other people who are in it too and who have come out the other side and maybe they've learned some things along the way. And so the whole podcast is dedicated to featuring stories of incredible women who are living this juggle every single day of work life and motherhood, just like yourselves. It was so wonderful to have you on the show. Share those those stories so that other women can feel inspired and connected. It's such an isolating time. I mean, I think motherhood is like at one point it bursts you open and makes you a part of this incredible community of people all over the world and throughout generations where you see someone with a kid and you already kind of know a little bit about them because you've experienced it. But it also is really isolating in that you feel like you're in the trenches and you're the only one that's ever experienced this. And it's kind of myopic and it has to be for a little while. I think that was one of the reasons why we started this podcast as well as just that such a weird dichotomy of feeling like you're a part of this rich history of women and then also terribly alone. Yeah. Yeah. And Instagram, I think, can make it a lot worse, to be totally honest, because you see all these people with these like picture perfect family scenarios and you think basically all of these Utah influencers I can't with all these Utah all the beige, influencers all the wooden toys I was like I can't even keep up with that blonde hair color like I'm trying to get my roots done I just can't do it I can't can't do it Utah ladies yeah I think it makes it a lot worse so I even in my personal feed I try and share like the raw the real last week I took Brooks for a nature walk and Long story short, he stepped in dog poop. I didn't know it. I picked him up. It was all over me. I refrained from posting a picture of my like the poop shit stained <laughs> clothes, but I was like, I got to share this story because somebody else has experienced something like this. And also you can't get more real than that. And it all comes back to poop. We're always talking about poop. That's 
Now, my next question, my human or animal? Um, Animal. I think it was dog poop. You know, what I find so funny about what you're saying, because Carrie and I do the same thing, right? You know, like there was a time where Sebastian like puked on me at a restaurant. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. He was a baby. And there's a picture of me out front of the restaurant covered in puke. He's just in a diaper because he has puked all over himself. We had to take everything off. There was no part of me when I posted this that was like, I need to post this because it's authentic. I was just like, this shit's too funny and crazy and like, what a story that I just posted it. The three pretty authentic people here who share real motherhood stories and have platforms other than just Instagram to share these things. It's kind of crazy to me to think that that's something that someone would hide, that that is like that there is shame in a story like that. The thought that anybody just wants to share the perfect highlight reel is just kind of crazy to me because that is so much not the truth of life or even the good parts. Like, I'm going to remember that story far more than I'm going to remember, uh, you know, a time Sebastian was nice to me. Do you get what I'm saying? And oh, it's just totally. crazy to me that this is what we choose for ourselves. Not only are you going to remember that story, but you're also going to remind your kids of that story, right? Yes. Like, yes. like that's the reminder when, you know, they're teenagers or something. It's like, listen, I like trekked through the woods, covered in dog poop, stripped down to my bra and underwear and drove home because that's what I had to do in that moment. So don't talk to me about like, I don't love you or whatever they're going to say when they get older and are teenagers and sassy to me. So getting out of this categorical, which is hard for us, tell us about neighbor schools. So neighbor schools, our work is focused on making childcare better for everyone involved. So that includes parents, that includes kids, that includes caregivers. And the pathway in which we do that is by supporting caregivers. So our childcare platform helps caregivers become entrepreneurs, helps them start their own licensed daycares that they run out of their homes, And the benefits of that are a few things. One, because there aren't the overhead expenses of like a traditional center-based program, that means that care is 30 to 40% more affordable for families. But it also means that more money is going into caregiver pockets. So caregivers can earn like two to three times more than what they would make as, you know, a teacher at a center-based program. And because we're the business partner for these caregivers, because we're helping them, you know, go through the licensing process and run their entire business, it also means we know everything about their daycare. So when parents come searching for care, we're able to give personalized recommendations about, you know, what do you want out of your daycare? What schedule do you need? What philosophy is important to you? Is outdoor space super critical? You know, everything that a family might be thinking about, we're then able to match and make recommendations for that specific family. How has COVID affected that? Like, has that, that must have been crazy because that's probably changed your business quite a bit and what the kind of questions that parents are asking. Yeah, it's definitely been a roller coaster um, and, you know, rewinding to, to sort of, um, 
you taught thinking about my personal scenario too. So I was due with a baby. We had just moved into our new office as a company. We had been there 10 days. We shut down the office. We childcare shut down in Massachusetts, which is where we're, we're headquartered. We had to scramble to figure out how to support families, how to support all of the caregivers who are running their daycares as well. So it was a really, really hard time. And we've seen just this roller coaster and ever since where there have been a lot of, you know, families who are in need and searching for care. But I think the most exciting piece, the silver lining of what's happened because of COVID is thrusting childcare onto this national stage and giving it the focus and attention that it's deserved for a really long time and the recognition that it is critical to our infrastructure and to operating as parents, but operating the country as well. So it's had an impact on the business, but I think we're very much seeing, you know, the future of what this means for having people really pay attention on both a national like government level as well as a corporate level and having people really open their eyes. There's that quote, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Not that our kids are our weakest link, but they're like the smaller part of this food chain. And I think globally, other places have done it a little bit better than the United States, but we have to think about investing Mm -hmm. a lot of our resources and our time and our money in our children because they're the ones. Stop taking away music programs. Stop taking away things from the kids, lunch programs, whatever, because they're really the ones that are going to make a difference Mm -hmm. later about how our society runs. And it's just so sad that so far this country hasn't really been able to think like in advance, they're just like thinking so in the moment, but. And recognizing the investment, right? And how it pays off to invest in those early critical years of zero to five. There's this arbitrary line of like, you know, five years old, nobody pays attention to you until you're five years old. And then all of a sudden, you matter and and there's more support through public education. But what about those early critical years that are so important? So you work with anybody around the country who wants to kind of develop a, a daycare child. Am I using the correct terminology? I want to make sure that I am. Yes. So we are helping people launch daycares. We launched in Massachusetts. That's where we're headquartered and where we are focused. And we have launched New York. And so we're adding on state by state because the licensing requirements differ by state. So we're building out those modules in our platform. Okay. So it's not like somebody in South Carolina could approach you right now and be like, hey, I've been wanting to do this. Okay. So it's It's slowly being rolled out. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. What an amazing thing you are doing. Truly. I remember pre-K way better than kindergarten. In my mind right now, I have visuals of that like threes and fours program. I don't remember kindergarten, but those years are so embedded in my mind. They're such important milestone years for kids to really learn how to be in society and with each other. Not just from like an academic's perspective, but like from the social emotional well-being and all of those core parts of development that are going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. So on a 
personal level, what is your biggest parenting challenge right now? I mean, the world is crazy. There's a lot of them, but what is yours? Ugh, sibling dynamics. I mean, we're Mm. drowning over here with the two, to be totally honest. So I'm an only as well. So I have no idea what it's like to even have a sibling. And everything feels like this like crisis of, is this normal? Like, is this how siblings are with one another? And dear God, please let them not be like this for the rest of their lives. But we're totally in that moment of Brooks just wants to smash everything. Hudson wants to build with these teeny tiny Legos that Brooks wants to eat. Like there's constant tension between them and there are glimpses of love as well that I think going back to, you know, like what people post on Instagram, I see all these like happy siblings loving one another. And I'm like, where are the fighting, crying siblings? Because that's what I feel like I live 80% of the time, not these moments of like, I love my little brother so much. I don't hear that that often from multiples, not until later. Not until they're older, right? Yeah, yeah. Usually when they're young, this is like a tricky age, you know? It's like all fighting. Then they start to get a little bit better. But I mean, I, I don't have siblings. I wasn't raised with siblings in that way, but I see from my sister's kids that that's kind of the deal. It's foreign to me, so I, I don't even have anything to say. I, I will agree that everyone I know is like, oh, they love each other. Oh, isn't it so nice that they have each other? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, nah, honestly, like, nah, your bro. situation scares me. So I'm, I'm just going to stay over here free of opinions. I don't know. Maybe it gets a little easier as they get older. Like that's one of the toughest things about parenthood in general is like when you're in it, it's so hard to see the future, like see that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you know, it's there, you know, like you're going to get there at some point, but I want it to be tomorrow. And then I feel this whole like guilt complex around, oh, now I'm rushing time and I should be cherishing the ages that they are. But really, I want them to be like Seven and five, maybe that seems like ages when they start playing together. Yeah, they start yeah. playing together, and everybody's potty trained, hopefully. But then in the teenage years, it's going to go back the other way. Right. It's like a constant flip flop. Totally. This is something we ask a lot of our working moms, and since this is your thing, this is your podcast. The title is right there. What do you think the biggest challenge for the working mom is currently, and what kind of boss bitch hack have you found to help? Such a good question. I can't speak, you know for working moms at large, but this is the official, you're speaking for, for every, every working, working mother. mother. I'm the spokesperson for all working mothers. Sit up straight, speak more formally. <laughs> for me personally, it's feeling connected to my kids. Like the reality is I get a really small amount of time with them. And that tends to be at the end of the day when I'm exhausted, they're exhausted, everybody's about to lose their shit. And like, you know, that's tough. Like it creates a really challenging dynamic. And my husband and I, for a long time, we would do bedtime like as a whole family because we were so focused on like, we all need to be together. Like we haven't spent time together as a family. We haven't spent time together with the kids. Like let's soak up this time. And it was a disaster. Like it was just... 
there was so much crying. There was so much like meltdowns, I think across the board, adults and children. And one of my friends said, you know, oh, well, my partner and I, we split nights. Like we each take a kid and we split up nights. And it's been a game changer for us because it not only gives each kid like one-on-one attention with each parent. So every night, you know, we flip flop, but it keeps things calmer. It helps me feel like more grounded and connected to each of the kids. Yes, you know, it's sort of split between two days, but we get that really quality time. And it's something to look forward to. Like in the morning, we'll start talking about with Hudson, you know, oh, like guess whose turn it is tonight to help you get ready for bed. And it becomes the anchor to our day. And that I think has just helped me feel more grounded and connected to them, which in reality just makes me a better person overall. Because if I don't feel connected to them, if I feel anxious or worried about something that's happening in their lives, like it's hard to focus on anything else, whether that's myself, whether that's the business, whether it's the podcast, like whatever it is, that just is paramount and sort of won't stop interrupting my thoughts. So that's worked for us. What a beautifully honest and vulnerable answer. I mean, we've asked a lot of people this, even just in conversation, not on the podcast. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody just outwardly say it like that. As two women who pride themselves on authenticity, that was just so remarkably honest and relatable. I'm all mixed up about what shows we've recorded and which we haven't, but in a show coming up, we talk about how one of the most important things to get a kid out of that like tantrum-y slash being mean and rude to the mom or dad or the parental parental figure is to just make real connection. And that's what you're saying. It's like, if you don't have that connection, then everything goes to shit. Your work, your child's mood, everything. Connection is really the key. I strive for that. There are definitely moments where I lose my patience and I have that in the back of my mind that maybe some connection would help. But you're so right. I think it is about that. They just want to feel heard half the time. You're not just telling them to do something for the sake of doing something. They want to know, oh, wow, she gets it. Like, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed either. There's stuff I want to do. I want to watch stuff on TV. I'd like to go out with my husband. Like, There are many things. (laughs) Believe me, I get it. Going to bed is hard. I want to be like, girl, sometimes I stay up till two watching TV and I regret it. I regret it. <laughs> right. Also true. Plug yourself. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can hear everything. So neighborschools.com is the home for everything. Podcasts can be found on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And there's also blog summaries of all of our guests and interviews as well. If reading is your thing and you don't want to listen to an episode, uh, that's all available on the website too. Thank you so much for joining us. What a wonderful conversation. What a wonderful thing that you're doing. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you both. It's been great getting to chat with you. And I can't wait to listen to more of your episodes. All right, should we talk about this article that is just... Why not cry again? All right, so this article is by Dan Sinker, and it's from The Atlantic, and it's called Parents Are Not Okay. You know, my favorite part about this article is that a man wrote it. 
Truly. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel so good that a man is on the scene because, like I said, we're all dealing with stress in a different way. And I haven't really heard a man talk about all these fears. So to hear a man do it is my favorite part. Anyway, continue. The subheading of this is we are not even at a breaking point anymore. We are broken. All right. So he describes what we all know and have lived, which is that the original quarantine way back in March of two years ago, Mm, right? Two years? I remember that date. March 12th, 2020 is when everything like was like NBA games were being canceled, like all this shit. Yeah. Right. And we had started ahead of time because we're early adapters. Well, we had started talking about it, you and I. Right. So, okay. So originally it was supposed to be two weeks, two weeks with the kids at home, two weeks to make the curve go down whatever right then it got two months and then nothing happened Mm -hmm. and then two months we're like okay two months we can do it we can do it then the summer kids are home in the summer so like we already had that idea and then we're like "We'll, we'll just do a little bit more tv a little bit more screen time we'll find a way to make it work we'll create a pod we'll have people help whatever we're, we're gonna do fine and school's right around the corner we'll go back we'll go back and then they didn't go back and then it was zoom school or school in person then home again depending on your state it was like come back in closed again zoom the whole entire time whatever but we made it through we basically all lost our minds but we made it through and we made it through because we were like when the vaccine gets here right it's gonna be okay we're gonna life is gonna kind of go back to normal again so then summer came more vaccines were available they were vaccinating younger people healthy people it wasn't just and we were the summer so we were doing things outside and we're like okay we're tasting the freedom just a little bit and then not only did so many people not get vaccinated, but then the Delta variant hit us and it got as much strength as it did because so many people didn't get vaccinated. And it hit so quick and so fast. It didn't have the buildup like before. We're not talking about bending the curve. It's like it's here. There's no curve to bend. And now it's back to school. Cases are rising. We know that Delta hits affects kids in a different way than the, the first COVID. Masks like freaking it it boggles my mind that Florida's like you'll lose your charter money or whatever it is if you make masks a mandate I love those schools in Texas that were like all right you know how we're gonna do this it's now a part of the uniform you don't wear a mask then you're violating uniform rules I was like yes fuck yes you progressive ass schools yeah but you know why because Texas numbers the Texas did it has done the same thing that Florida has done where they're they're not allowing mask mandates so one of the most I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So my one of my good friends is an ER doctor. She said that it's so bad that ICUs are trying to find beds via Facebook. Doctors and nurses are on Where Facebook. Where is she though? Brooklyn. Brooklyn is that bad? Because New York and New Jersey have the, some of the lowest cases in the no, country. No, she's just, she's just saying that as a doctor, other doctors from across- Oh, okay, not in Brooklyn. Got it. But like they're asking Brooklyn, do you have any bed? Like doctors are uniting from their Facebook pages to try to outsource beds and equipment. Like really? Anyway, so parents are getting ready to relive the worst year of their lives, but worse. Right, because what he goes on to say is, it's worse this time because, listen, virtual school sucked. It was hard. It was hard on all of us. But now our kids are actually being affected more and we don't even have the option of virtual school. Thank God we live in New Jersey, honestly, you and I, because again, we have some of the lowest numbers in the country and some of the highest vaccination rates. Thank God. Same with New York. Imagine being in Alabama. Imagine being in Florida. I'm originally 
originally from Florida. I swear to God, I want all traces of being from Florida removed from my like personal identity. I do not claim this negative energy. You know, when you go on like a TikTok and it's like something ghosty or scary happening and in the comments, people are like, I do not claim the negative energy from this video. That's me. I do not claim the negative energy from being from Florida originally. I am so grateful to live in a state where they're doing things in a way that I agree with. Let's put it that way because I don't know how else to say it at this point. It actually makes it a little bit harder for me because my kid doesn't need to be in school. She's not of an age that it's a mandate that she needs to be in school. And I now feel a little bit conflicted about my choice. So many people are saying, if I had the choice to do Zoom school again, I would choose it right now because of the numbers being so high. And here I am, my kid doesn't legally need to be in school. It's a no brainer that I could just pull her. And yet I'm choosing to put her in school, which makes me feel like a bad mom sometimes. Firstly, let me just say, I don't think you're a bad mom. Our children need certain things. I am constantly torn because it's like, I want my kid to be able to have a normal childhood, quote unquote normal, but I also want my kid to be safe. And well, hence us buying $200 worth of masks. I don't know what to tell you about your situation, but ultimately you're the mother and it's what you feel is right for her. Is Seba going into kindergarten? No, he's in pre-K four. Okay. Um, And I have to tell you, every day I kind of go back and forth and wonder, should I just homeschool him? Right. I am not qualified. I am not qualified to teach him. If shit gets really bad, if we were in Florida right now, if we were in Alabama right now, I would 100% be like, I'm homeschooling my kid. I'm not sending Mm -hmm. him. The fact that we are where we are certainly helps. But I don't know the answer here. The scary statistics here that um, hospitalizations of kids under 17 across the country are up at least 22% in the last month. Each new week sets pediatric hospitalization records for the entire pandemic. It's just, it's really daunting. It's really daunting. The fact that Florida has gone so far as to threaten administrators with fines and firing if they defy the mask ban. I just don't even understand how that's legal. I really don't. It's a person's right to wear a mask. How is that? I'm not trying to take this into a political place, but the hypocrisy of this all. His last sentence, I'm going to read it because it made me feel better. I'm going to read it its entirety. Parents aren't even at a breaking point anymore. We're broken. And yet we'll go on because that's what we do. We sweep up all our pieces and put them back together as best as we can. We carry on chipped and leaking and broken because we have no other choice. And we pray that if we just keep going, our kids will survive too. Kids are resilient. They are resilient. They are resilient. Listen, I, I listen to shit about the climate crisis and what's happening in Afghanistan and what's happening in Cuba and what's happening in a zillion and one situations. And every day I think, why am I even doing mom trash? Honestly, lately, because this is my job, right? This is our work. We get paid to do this. This is why, why, why am I even going to work? Which going to work is literally this. Why am I even doing it? What's the point? Yeah. What is the point? Everything's burning down around me. Yesterday I had to do an unboxing video for something and I was like, nobody fucking cares what's in this box. (laughs) Firstly, everyone needs to stop having babies. I'll be out of a job. Like, I am fighting tooth and nail the little fucking creep in my head. Sebastian's laughing. We're going to entitle this episode Depressing Except for Bridget. This is not the shit I listen to a podcast for. It's not right, but it's okay. I'm going to make it anyway. Are we going to try and even turn this episode around? Too much. I think we should just do a hashtag swag bag and call it a day. Also, I wish they would just give me an answer as to like how long we have because I'm just going to smoke. I just want to be able to smoke. (laughs) Like, if I know lung cancer isn't something I need to worry about, just let me smoke. There's the bright note we wanted to end on. (laughs) She's 
says with her wheeze cough. That is not from smoking because I don't do that. That is from being sick. That's not COVID. But wouldn't it be nicer if that wheeze cough was from smoking? <clears throat> it would. Hashtag swag bag. Is yours going to be cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> American spirits, yellow box. Um, <laughs> For mothers everywhere. <laughs> Listen, Gwyneth gets one a week, honestly. One, if you want a little break from your kids, run outside and secretly smoke American spirits. Oh my God. Hashtag swag bag. So I actually have a really good one. I bought, I don't even remember how I found this clothing store. I don't know why I'm still buying clothes. <laughs> But I the am. end of the world. Somehow I got like direct, I'm sure it was an Instagram targeted ad towards this store called Elwood Clothing. They call it unisex. I'm pretty sure it's just for men. But they had a pair of twill joggers or the core twill jogger. It's basically like a twill pant, but in a jogger, it's elastic waist with a drawstring, <laughs> elastic ankles, and it looks like a pant. And it's men's sizes, so it's got that cute bagginess to looks it. Looks like a pump, feels like a sneaker. It is. <laughs> I swear to you, they make them in three colors and now I'm like should I buy every color last night my mom was here and I was like mom should I just buy these pants in every color aren't they cute and she's like they're not that cute um, <laughs> she was like don't go overboard but they're $55 and they feel like a sweatpant but they don't look like one they're very cute to wear with like a button down they are so cute I cannot recommend them enough the fact that they are men's sizing means like you feel good about the size you buy <laughs> I don't know that they're for short people, in all honesty, because there is like... A- the minute you said, well, with a gathered... No, I've tried that look. I'm going to look like I'm in a lady hiking group at the Grand Canyon. Because <laughs> they're men, there's like a drop crotch type element to it, which I don't love for the chub rub. It's literally going to look like me and a bunch of ladies in their 60s. <laughs> doing the with Grand visors Canyon. Yes. And a Columbia Sun shirt. I have those Columbia Sun shirts. That is what it will look like. Yeah. And then I'm talking about my last trip to Alaska with this group. This is what... This <laughs> This is what it is. And you're like, what bottle of Subaru do you have? Margaret got sick last time. We're hoping she makes it to the bottom. We'd hate to have a burrow come and have to take her back up. <laughs> we we hear helicoptering out is at least $1,000. <laughs> oh, my God. You have Tevas. Oh, God. Yes, Tevas and socks. Can I just say, nothing makes me angrier than the fact that Tevas have come back in style. I like... I know. My best friend has, was wearing platform Tevas our whole vacation. Oh, my God. It's right up there with people who don't mask or vaccinate. I'm just... Like I never had a Tiva. I've ever. never. Actually, no, I had a water shoe for whitewater rafting, but it wasn't a Tiva. When I went on Birthright, one of the things on there was water shoes because, you know, you do water things. I have outjewed myself with this kind. Con- oh, mine were morels. I have so jewed myself here. But they were like a water shoe, like a Tiva. And I was like, I will literally burn this place down before I put a Tiva <laughs> on. And I went to like Walmart and bought like a water sock. I was literally like, a water sock is a better option than a goddamn Tiva. Get out of here. I'm just imagining your lanky ass in a water shoe and you probably look like like a blue booby I look penguin. So ridiculous. <laughs> I, that trip was so, I had like a week to pack because I got in last minute. There were so many things that went wrong, including we went to this like, what, this is hashtag swag bag, but the, listen, there's a little bit of joy in this episode from this story. <laughs> 
Uh, we went whitewater rafting at this like water park type situation. And they, they told us, you know, to bring certain kinds of towels, but I was going off of different lists. And all I brought was a washcloth, right? That's all I had was a washcloth. And I am in a changing room with Muslim women in burqa bathing suits. And literally all I have to cover my vagina <laughs> while I'm changing. There's no room I can go. All I have to cover my vagina is a washcloth. This woman in a hijab is looking at me like, no, you can't do what are you doing? I was, talk about a cultural shock. I was just like, I am in way over my head right now. That's like when I got pubic lice in a hostel in Paris. It's exactly the same thing, yep. Just from laying in the bed. I was like, did you not have pants on? No, I was literally wearing all of my clothes because Paris was going through a cold period and I didn't pack enough stuff and the hostel had no heat. So I literally was wearing like three pairs of leggings, my sweatshirt, And the pubic lice still got through? Ew. Everyone got it in the room and I had to shave my pubes. And then put like stuff from the pharmacy on it. What happens once you shave your pubes? Do they just like fall off? Well, they don't stick as, they hold on to the oh, hair. Oh, God. So oh. we shaved it and then we had to put treatment on I, it. The, the skeevies I have right now, just the idea of bugs by my vagina. Oh, God. Me and the other people that I was traveling with, we like, it was college. So we were like, we're going to buy steak. That's fancy. So we're like at the steak dinner and we're all itching our crotch, really. I'm like, God, why is my crotch so itchy? The rest of the people I was traveling was like, me too. I was like, oh my God, it's so itchy. What's happening? Oh my God, my crotch we're is like, itching now. We're like, let's go to the bathroom. So we go to this little French bathroom, pants each other, and we get in there. I'm like, this is a crying. You could see them crawling. I think crabs are pubic lice. Oh my they God. just call You know them what? We're things. titling this episode, just wait to the hashtag <laughs> swag bag segment. <laughs> P.S. Will this episode get approved by Cafe Mom? We don't know. Skippers, go ahead and skip to the end. All right, so my hashtag swag bag is uh, pubic lice. <laughs> Delousing ointment from France. No, oh, I'm just kidding. Specifically, only the kind you can get at a French pharmacy. I don't even remember. I just was like, itch. And they gave me monetize. I was like, no, bugs. I was like using my translator. I do love the pharmacies in France, though. My swag bag is wreaths. Wreaths? Like the kind you hang on your door. Yes, I have gone. Wreath crazy. Wreath crazy. I don't usually like most wreaths that you can buy. And so I'm forever being like, I just want to make my own. I don't like any of these. In my whole history, I've bought one wreath I've liked. And it was made from pom-poms. I was like, that's cute. So I've been looking up on Pinterest boards and whatever different wreaths. CB2 and West Elm have some good inspo ones. I was like, I'm just going to make this shit. So I went to Michael's, bought a few things, but mostly I went to the dollar store and I have made now three wreaths. What's the third? I saw the Halloween one. I saw the dino one. I made another pom-pom one, like my old pom-pom one I had because it was starting to like get faded from being in this because we have that southern exposure. I'm going to go today to the dollar store and just start. I'm like in a zone. I'm doing it. I had so much fun. According to TikTok, Dollar Tree has all their Halloween stuff now. So that's how I made the wreath. It was so fun. I was like, I could do this for other people if anybody wants. No one wants my wreaths, by the way. But your wreaths are very pretty. Thank you. It was really relaxing. I really enjoyed it. It felt like an episode of Project Runway. I was like, what things can I find here that would make a cool wreath that are not traditional wreath making things? I just tell you the most expensive part of the wreath was how many glue gun sticks I went through. It was like $13 worth of glue gun sticks. Do they sell those at Dollar Tree? No. Hardware store. Anyway, I'm going to buy in bulk on Amazon. But wreaths, guys, for your suburban pleasure. And that's our show. What a dizzying mix of Bridget Garsh, depression, homemade wreaths, and Judaism. Holy shit. 
That is a Punta Nesca sauce of a show. Wow. Wow. Do you know why Punta Nesca is called Punta Nesca? Yeah, it's whores because they would just put whatever out of their fridge. And then just add that to the list of ridiculous shit we talk about. Guys, what a crazy show. Thanks for hanging with us. We promise next week might be better. I'm going to go take a rescue anxiety med. Check you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.